Hello, everyone. Welcome to our first installment of Scent for this semester, spring 2022. Super excited to be kicking things off this February. Um, just as an overview of what we are as Scent is um, basically we look to have kind of panel open discussions with students and um, people in situations of uh, like ministering to students and just what Christianity looks like in a specific realm and how Christians are expected to behave and how they can minister to others uh, in a secular world, in a secular situation. We all go to public universities. So how in our certain sphere of control, how can we evangelize to those around us? And tonight, sticking with the February theme, uh, we'll be doing a relationships night uh, where we've invited three couples on to discuss what being a Christian relationship looks like and how we can use that to evangelize to others. So my name is Ben. Uh, I have, uh, I'm co-leading Scent with Michael here. Uh, we'll turn it over to you in a moment. Um, so thank you guys for tuning in and we hope you in, enjoy the evening. Yeah, thank you guys so much. We're so grateful for the tens and tens of viewers and listeners that we get each and every month. Um, it's, it's an honor to be here with great people, great community, but in all seriousness, I'm really excited. I'm blessed to be uh, co-leading CSF Scent with Ben. It's been an amazing experience. It was such a great experience last semester. It's going to be a great, great one this semester. And I actually found out today, I was getting my haircut, kind of telling my barber about what we were doing today. And she's like, yeah, you guys timed it up perfectly for Valentine's Day weekend. I'm like, wow, we really did. Didn't even mean to do that. And it worked out perfectly. So um, I'm really excited, um, not only as a single guy, to hear from these amazing couples who I know all have really strong relationships um, with each other and with the Lord, but I'm also interested as a Christian man and Christian person as well to really hear the deep-seated wisdom that these people have with their relationship and how it's impacted their kind of personal lives and their relationship with Jesus as well. So um, yeah, I'll turn it over to them. They can introduce themselves for us all. My name is Andrew. This is my wife, Samantha. Samantha. <laughs> and uh, we have been married for 15 years. It'll be 16 in uh, April. And uh, started dating in college right before I graduated. And I'm one of the campus ministers of CSF. All right. So my name is Blake. And I'm Sylvia. And so we've actually been together for eight years now. Um, we're engaged. Um, I would say we met in middle school, but we've actually been friends for what seems like forever. There's pictures of us in like third and fourth grade on field trips, like sitting together and, and stuff like that. So, so we've been friends for pretty much all our lives. So. Um, I'm Cameron. This is my wife, Abby. Um, we've been together for almost four years, but we've been married for about nine months now um we're both juniors um i'm a cit major and she is mechanical engineering yeah awesome well we're going to start off kind of with two sets of questions first and foremost we're just going to talk about relationships in general um some of the key wisdom and um, key insights that you guys have based on your relationships and then we'll kind of get into the spiritual aspects of relationships so we're going to start off pretty easy here um just first and foremost how you guys met um, the story about how you met, and you kind of told us a little bit about that in your intro there. Um, so tell us how you guys really met. And then also one question I'm really curious about, you always kind of hear that 
was it love at first sight kind of thing that always like, you know, thing out there that people say, um, curious to see if that was legit for you guys or not. So um, whoever wants to can take it away here to start us off. Yeah, so uh, it it was love at first sight for for me, uh, but really not not for her. <laughs> so I think some some of you have already heard this story, but um, yeah. So we we met when I was a freshman in college, and she was a senior. She was on a college mm -hmm. visit, and I was trying. I was spinning the basketball on my my finger and trying to impressed her it was in the gym when we first met mm -hmm. right and I said something really cheesy and it didn't work <laughs> <laughs> yeah we we met in college and became friends and we kind of had a it was kind of a um unique situation he kind of I think liked me right away and I um didn't really like him like that but I really felt this impression on my heart that he was the guy that I was supposed to marry it was very strange um I have a hard time making decisions so it was really unusual for that to be the case <laughs> I wrote about it in my journal and but I was like I don't even like him this is bizarre but over the course of we were Sam and Andy for so long that eventually we were, I was like hey what the heck we should just give it a try He'd asked me out like seven times. I kept saying no. <laughs> Three and a half years later, boom. She was I was mine. all his. <laughs> so instead so, of a yeah. restraining order, we got married. <laughs> Probably not a good thing to say on here like that. <laughs> um, so I guess the way we met, like we said, we kind of grew up together. Um, fun fact, I actually, it's our parents, both it's Blake's mom and stepdad's anniversary and it's my mom and dad's anniversary today. Um, and so married on the same day and my mom actually did Blake's mom's hair on their wedding day. And I remember sitting in the bathtub watching, um, Blake's mom get ready for the wedding. And then I remember dancing with Blake at his parents' wedding. Um, so we have, um, like he said, we've grown up together. Um, and we're best friends for a long time. Our parents um, were, our moms were really good friends and did a lot together. And then I think it was like sixth grade, funny enough, I would like tell everybody, I'm like, Blake Edwards is gonna, I'm, I'm gonna date Blake Edwards. That's who I'm gonna, that's who I'm gonna end up with. And he was taken by an older woman in sixth grade. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm gonna end up with him. I, I told his mom that I'm like, that's I'm gonna I'm gonna marry your son and then eighth grade came along and ever since then the rest is kind of history but yeah. so I don't know I I guess it was in a way love at love first, first sight sake. once I decided and had my eyes set on him in sixth grade he wasn't getting out yeah. but um no restraining orders here either <laughs> um but yeah, yeah that's kind of our story yeah I decided to dump that other chick and give this girl a shot so it obviously worked out so good call yeah. <laughs> um, I'd say it was definitely not love at first sight for me. Uh, Cameron and I met in technically the seventh grade uh, through a program called Bible Bowl that we did through our churches. And I was from Ohio and he was from Indiana. Um, so we technically knew each other since we were 14-ish. Um, but we became really good friends our sophomore year of high school. Um, so we were really like best friends uh, for close to a year before we said, hey, I kind of I like you. You want to try dating? 
and that was our junior year of high school. Um, and then we decided to come to IPUI together and we have been together ever since. It wasn't like a love at first sight kind of thing because, you know, like she said, we technically like first met and like talked to each other in like seventh grade, but um, we didn't really talk very much since then. And then sophomore year, she kind of started hanging, hanging out with um, me and my friend group that I had in the program. And um, at that point, it was kind of at first sight ish for me, but not like when we initially, initially met. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you guys so much. Um, I love actually how a lot of your stories have included a friendship before the relationship. I think a lot of times people think, oh, my person's just going to show up and I'm going to know and I'm going to get with that person right away and it's going to be perfect. And it's like, I feel like the best relationships develop from really close friendships because that's when you really get to know someone really well on a kind of friendship basis. And so I love to see that that's a really common theme here and something that maybe goes against the norm in the worldly ideals of what relationships look like. So really cool in that aspect. Um, another thing I really like about this group is that we kind of picked individuals and couples who are kind of at different stages, which I think this next question will really be helpful for. But um, people who have been married for quite a long time, we've got newlyweds and then a couple that's um, newly engaged here. Um, and so going into this next question, um, I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts with this one, but um, you guys don't have to go into great detail about some of the worst struggles or maybe arguments you've had as a couple, but um, just talk a little bit about some hard times for you guys as couples and how you've overcome that and what you've had to do to kind of overcome the tough times that relationships obviously throw at you. Yeah, so I feel like for us, um, kind of growing up always together in the same school for like four or five years. Um, whenever we'd go through a tough time or, or struggle, I guess you could say, um, we'd always kind of get over that through quality time, spending time together um, and just doing stuff together. But now that we um, are in college, and I should have said this before, I went to IEPY and so we went to Huntington, um, but we kind of figured out communication is key, you know, talking about talking about it, talking through it, not just trying to shove it under the rug is, is really is really big. So we've kind of had to learn that as, as we go, but yeah. we're, we're getting there. It's definitely transitioned, like from like, oh, we're in high school, we're together all the time, like, oh, you're worst things like man you didn't make eye contact with me in the lunchroom to like oh no now we're like two and a half hours apart and we are trying to plan a wedding and go on from that so definitely things have changed a tough times have changed but I think that like Blake said like communication is definitely how we've um I I'm like probably the queen of over communication sometimes I'm like over communicate and I'm the king of under communication <laughs> and so so but I would say for sure communication has been um absolutely key when going through any sort of tough time relationship wise just family wise in general getting each other through it has been how can we communicate to get through this efficiently and um not sweep it under the rug yeah, I actually, I have to agree with what they're saying about communication. Um, like Abby said, she's from Ohio, and I'm from here um, in, in Indianapolis. And uh, so for the first, what, what was it, year and a half that we were dating before we both came to IUPUI, we lived like two and a half hours apart. And um, it was, it's, it's, it was a lot of communicating in, in terms of like, what, what do you need to keep this like strong what do you what do I need to keep this strong and not not that we were struggling to keep it strong but it was something that you you need to be you needed to be open about 
this is what I need. I need, you know, this type of communication or whatever. And then um, communication even into now, like now that we're married, we live together, we, you know, we go to school together, we commute there together, everything. Um, but communication in terms of one thing we've noticed is like, for example, we, our families could not be more different in the way that like their households are run and that's it, it sometimes isn't easy to like mesh with Abby's like this is how I do this and I'm like well this is how my parents always did this and it's like so you have to be open and communicate with like expectations as well as what you need from the relationship We've been through a lot. I mean, we've been married 15 years and together longer than that. But um, I agree with what you guys were all saying, especially about the transition of what type of things we've struggled with. We had a long distance relationship when we were first pretty serious. We were two hours apart and we were like, we'll see each other maybe every other weekend. But we drove back and forth every weekend for like a full year, <laughs> wasted tons of money on gas. Um, so we've been through a lot of like, internal struggles I think but also just being in a relationship for so long and living that much life you have a lot of outside external struggles as well that we've been through I think just struggling to figure out what job we should be in and what God what purpose he has for our lives individually and as a couple and um I think our biggest struggle, my mom three years ago passed away and after a four and a half year battle with cancer that probably knocked us on our back the most of anything that we've been through. Um, and I know it sounds kind of cliche, but I really feel like all of the struggles we've been through have really, I mean, you, you have a choice as a couple. It either drives you apart or it drives you together into Jesus. And um I really feel like that's where that took us, but it easily could have taken us another way. I mean, and I think that communicating to each other was a big part of it. And we've talked before about how early on in our relationship, there was a lot of, um, you should know what I need you to do going on. And at this point now we are very direct. I just say, I want you to do this because I need you to help me, or this is what's going to help me feel better. And you just have to tell each other. Um, but also our community is a big part of that. I think as a couple having support, so you're just not only leaning on each other because um, it's that's really draining and, and you can't be everything to each other. So that's also been a big help, I think for us as well. And our families like Cameron and Abby, so different. Mm -hmm. I'm from Oklahoma and just the cultural differences are so different. And um, the way we express love is different or, or receive love. You know, I'm acts of service person. She's words of affirmation and I could care less about words of affirmation. They make me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so I, earlier today, I cleaned, I cleaned the kitchen and I was like, you know, that's my act of love. Which but I do appreciate. She, but but yeah. she appreciates it, but she would much rather me tell her uh, how I feel about it while you're cleaning the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't quite figured that one out. So works in progress. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I appreciate all your guys' insights. Sound like communication really sticks out for everyone here and just being vulnerable um, and being caring to the other person's needs and wants. 
Um, I also really loved what Mrs. Hodges talked about when you're looking at obstacles and challenges in a relationship to look at it in a way of, you know, what, we can actually grow from this as a couple instead of looking at it as something that's going to tear us apart or tear us down, thinking that if we can get through this, how much stronger that's going to make us. And I love that mentality. I think that's one that is a really healthy mindset to look at when you're going through those things. And it's, I'm glad to hear that that seems to be like the mentality for most of the couples here. Um, so moving on to our next question. Um, I think this is a really interesting question in the Christian community. Um, this is one of the ones that I added in. I was really curious to kind of just hear your guys' feedback, but it has to do with um, dating within the Christian community and dating outside the Christian community. Um, sometimes there's some disputes as to whether Christians should date non-Christians, um, commonly referred to as missionary dating. Um, so I just wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on your opinions of um, whether it's okay for a Christian to date someone who's not a Christian um, and maybe also talk about how it's been a benefit to date a Christian and end up marrying a Christian, as I feel like all of us here are Christians. So maybe even talk about some of the benefits of finding a partner that shares the same values and beliefs that you guys have. First of all, I think all of us have seen Christian, supposed, supposedly Christian marriages burst into flames and go sideways. So just because you are dating a Christian doesn't guarantee that things are going to go well. Um, the devil doesn't want those marriages to succeed. Um, but yeah, it, it's incredible. Like, and, and I think it's just how, you know, how I was raised and how she was raised were very similar. But, you know, you, you talk to students on campus and they're, they started dating someone and I'll inevitably say as their campus minister, how I'm supposed to say, uh, are they a Christian? You know, you know, I don't know. And I'm thinking, question number one, you know, you know, and so I, I really feel like that's pretty important to date someone who follows Jesus. It's foundational, you know, to um, how we're going to deal with things moving forward in a hundred different ways, you know. And uh, so those were my initial thoughts. Yeah, I, I'm pretty toe the line type of person. I was always following the rules as a child and as an adult. Like I like rules. And so for me, it, it's just, I just felt like uh, the only reason I'm dating is to get married and I'm not going to waste my time because that's to me, one of the most important things when you're looking for a future spouse is having the same values. And for me, that was my number one value is my relationship with God. So I, I didn't see how I could ever effectively have a relationship, raise children, um, build a life together with somebody that that wasn't important to them, or they just were like, okay, well, if, you know, if that's important to you, I'll go to church with you. You know, that just wasn't enough for me, but I will say, you know, I mean, we've seen some people who either their faith wasn't strong. Maybe they just came to church on special occasions, married someone that was a strong Christian and changed their whole life. So um, I've seen that numerous times and it's been amazing, but I definitely think that is kind of on your list of these are important things to me to look for. So for us, I think that was pretty critical, although we did go to Bible college. So we <laughs> sort of, that was pretty, a little easier, <laughs> but again, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll jump in. I, so I also went to a Christian college as well. And so I feel like in a way for the last like four years of my life, I've kind of been like sheltered by like, this is a little, like most of the people that I've interacted with, um, do share the same values 
as me. And then I've grown up with Blake and that's in my family. And that's who you spend the majority of your time with. And so they share the same values as me. And so when we were reading some of these questions and talking about this beforehand, our, both of our initial gut reaction was kind of like Andrew said, like, I, I would, I would say yes, um, that it's important to be involved with a Christian person. And then we decided we started talking about, you know, what if it's someone that, you know, really wasn't introduced, so they're not necessarily shut off to Christianity, but they just necessarily haven't necessarily been um, introduced or invited to church or um, ever had anybody in their life that's like that. And so we started talking about those circumstances. And so I think we brought it back to like, you where where do their values like where their where they their values lined at do they um are they open to the idea of um following Christ and um living that lifestyle because kind of like um you guys were saying before us in my mind I'm always thinking um and we talk often about okay we get married and we both aspire to have kids one day um, it's a really good feeling to know that we share the same values and one day we'll be able to raise our kids in a Christian home. Um, and so I just feel like that would be very, very hard and difficult to do if you didn't have a spouse that had those same values as you. But if you were starting to date someone that hadn't been exposed and was open, um, I think that that's tough. Um, so I don't know that I necessarily have a great answer there, but that would be tough. Um, and for us, it's been great that we have experienced um only being with someone that shares the same values so a little bit of an answer but a little bit of man I don't know yeah and I know in being in sixth or seventh grade I don't know how long term you're thinking at that point um but just just for our personal beliefs it's helped us so much you know kind of you know be a be a sounding board for each other and I know early on in our relationship we both witnessed each other get baptized um so it's just been awesome getting to grow your faith with somebody that you've been growing up with all your life so just seeing how you that person has more than changed throughout time has really been has really been cool. Um, I personally, when I was looking over this question, I just had a very uh, gut reaction of um, I was always taught and raised in the belief that your spouse should be helping you grow in your faith. Um, so kind of like you guys just talked about. Um, if they're, if they were open to becoming a Christian, that would kind of be a different scenario. Uh, but for me, my gut reaction of dating with someone who is adamantly not a Christian, um, even if they're not actively tearing you down in your faith, uh, they're not, they wouldn't be doing their spousal duty of building you up in your faith. And I just think that that leaves you open to um, a lot of bad scenarios. So that was just my automatic reaction. I don't know what Cameron thinks, but <laughs> um, but for us, you know, our faith was so foundational in our relationship that I really can't imagine building your relationship around anything else and having as good of a foundation as you do when you build it on Christ. Yeah, I was also thinking that you know, marriage, marriage is going to be hard enough uh, regardless. Um, and I love what Abby shared there. That's just so good uh, with that foundation. Love it. Yeah. And I mean, going back to the last question we were talking about, like, how do you deal with the struggles in your relationship? I mean, every single time that we've had a relationship struggle, 
God has been a part of finding a solution or working through it together. And I, I can't imagine not having that. I mean, in person, and it's just because I've had, I, I was baptized when I was like 11. I've been a Christian since I was a kid. And I just can't imagine like going through something and not having God to fall back on, even if you do have your spouse to fall back on. But, but again, God is like every single time we've gone through any sort of any level of disagreement or fight or whatever, God has always been there to lead us back to the solution and everything. So I can't imagine not having that. Wow. Yeah, those are all so good, um, powerful opinions. And I think they ring really true. Um, I especially really liked what um, Cameron was saying just about how like the support system, like if this is the most important thing in your life and you can't turn to your spouse when you're going through tough times, like that's hard. Like this is someone that should be building you up in your faith. And you, and I think it goes back just to, to values in general, like beyond just like Christianity and stuff, but like as Christians, being a Christian should be like our number one value. And so if our top values are not shared, not only is that going to be dangerous in our relationship with each other, but again, we talk about kids growing up um, when you're raising and trying to impart those values. And if you both have differing values is what's important to you and those can clash, maybe you know, opinions about really important things clash and your kids are getting different feedback from you guys on important issues. And that can just, again, be a, another whole line of trouble. So um, I think great, great advice though, too. Um, great opinion. So I, I love the answers to that one. Um, moving on to this next one kind of relates a little bit, um, but you always hear the term kind of red flags a little bit. Um, and I'm sure you guys necessarily maybe didn't see a ton of red flags in your current relationship, which is why you're together, right? Um, but just in general, talking about red flags um, as Christians, um, in your guys' opinion, maybe what are some red flags that you should be looking out for if you're kind of in that realm where maybe you're single um, or just starting to date and you're looking to kind of get into a serious relationship? What are some of those red flags that as Christians, we should be aware of and maybe take a step back and be like, hold on, maybe I should, you know, reevaluate this whole process. Samantha, um, she had what her mom had shared with her, I think is really good oh, yeah. about red flags. Um, she, well, kind of a red flag, kind of also just something to look for. I, she, she always told me some of the best advice I think she gave me. She said, when you're looking for somebody to spend your life with, you want to pick someone who's teachable. And that's the most important thing, aside from being a godly man, of course. But um, I, I kind of, when she first said it, I was sort of like, what? But the more I thought about it, I thought, wow, it's so true. Because she was saying, as you go through life, like you're not going to stay the same person. You know, like in your yearbook, when you're a kid, you're like, stay the same, stay cool, but don't, don't freeze change. or whatever, you know, all those little things you'd say, but it's, you know, you're always going to be growing and situations that you go through and circumstances are going to change you. Um, and you really need to be with somebody who's teachable, humble, that can learn and grow so that you guys can grow together. Um, otherwise you're going to be not coming in the same direction. And, um, the other thing that was really important to me was finding somebody that other people respected. Because I think that when we start to fall in love, and I definitely think we can fall in love with the wrong people. I don't think that's, I don't think it's like impossible. So I think when you start to fall in love, a lot of times you just get so blinded 
because you're just like, they are so amazing. And we just don't see everything. So we think they're awesome. But if everybody else thinks they're awesome too, that says something and that speaks to their character. And that, I mean, not to embarrass him, I am words of affirmation, but he was so like that. Like everybody that met him was like, oh, he is so amazing. He's the best guy ever. And I was like, Hey, I don't know about it's not, everybody. Okay. Yeah. It's really, really, it was, it's true. It's true. But that impacted me because I thought, okay, well, it's not just me that thinks he's great. I mean, everybody else thinks that too. Um, and I've seen a lot of people in relationships where that was not the case, that they thought that person was awesome and other people are like, eh. so what is that person like in every situation in their life? Is there, do they have integrity? Um, and those two things are really important for me, I think, and something to look for. And that they're cute. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I really like that. Uh, when we were talking about this, we were just talking about like, as Christians, we're called to look different and be different. Um, and so I feel like sometimes that red flag is that person that's always trying to, you know, fit that crowd that they're with. Um, and I think it really goes back to what you just were stating, like, are they, are they the same person with you as what they are, you know, with their mom or with everyone else? And so um, that is something that I think has really helped us is that whenever like I go and I'm with Michael and all Blake's roommates, Blake's the same Blake that he is when I'm, when I'm with Blake right now. Um, and when he's with my parents and when he's with his parents. And so I think that, um, especially nowadays, like you, it's, it's sometimes, like you said, stay cool. Like sometimes it's fun to be the cool person. So I think as Christians, we're called to look different, um, and act different and just be the different. And so, um, I would say that some red flags are when you're not really seeing someone that is, has those intentions. And so, um, I think just being with someone that, you know, is their true self all the time is extremely important. And, you know, we went to public school, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of clicks there that can, you can switch to. So. We, we yeah. saw, I got to, I got to test Blake out, got to put yeah. him in the ringer, see really where, who he was at the, at public school. <laughs> um, a red flag situation that I have run into before with friends and acquaintances um, is in the Christian community specifically. Um being asked to let go of your dreams and your aspirations in order to better fit a mold that of an idea that they have in their head. Um, I've seen a lot of women in my circle growing up um, who met this guy and this guy was like, I really just have this dream of you being a housewife. Um, and they, these women just let go of all of the goals that they had in their life um, to specifically fit that mold. Um, and in more than one, more than a few occasions, actually, it led down a road of abuse. Um, and these women were, you know, desperately trying to fulfill these expectations in this role that their husband wanted for them. Um, and it would, it would lead to emotional, physical, sometimes abuse. And um, I saw in your question here, Michael, you had uh, a t question about, uh, are there tools or support systems 
um, that you can really lean on for those kind of situations. Um, and I would say your friends know you best, your friends and your family, um, and they can normally tell if you're headed down a road that you should not be. Um, so you, uh, their, their opinions of the people that you are with, that you're interested in really matter. Um, so that's always something that I looked for was, is this someone that my dad likes? Is this someone that my friends really like for me? Um, do they see him bringing out the positive qualities in me? Um, so that was really important for me. Yeah, I, I was I was listening. And I really like what everybody said. Um, one thing that came to my mind almost like almost immediately is like who who is who is this person that you're interested in or this Christian person that you're trying to date? Who do they surround themselves with? Because I think it's a huge like you can go you can you can call yourself a Christian and you can go to church and you can be a really good person, but if you're surrounding yourself with the wrong people, I've always believed that that could change any time um, if you don't have the right people around you. So I've seen, I, I, I know, because like um, Blake and Sylvia said, I was public schooled as well. So I've seen a lot of people um, in these, like, I've seen good people that I that I went to church with and then they started hanging out with a couple people and then they were no longer going to church and they were no longer who I knew them to be. And so I think looking at like a person and saying, you know, I'm interested in dating them, who do they surround themselves with? Because those people, whether you want to admit it or not, the, your friends do shape who you are on a pretty, on a pretty got high level so wow that again so good again we had a diverse different thought processes and opinions there from different aspects and different things that we should be on the lookout for all great things i love kind of what we finished with too um hitting on who you surround yourself with it's unbelievable how quickly you can like change based on the people you surround yourself with. And I kind of have like a social psychology background in what I'm studying and even personal experience too. Like you'll see yourself with who you surround yourself with, even unintentionally begin to act like that. And so that is a great one I wasn't even thinking about too, where it's like, wow, you know, you see that person, if they're always around people, even if, you know, at church one day, they're perfect. You know, if they're surrounding themselves with people that, you know, maybe are running in a rougher crowd, it does have an effect and it's, it's crazy. And sometimes it's even unintentional, but it does. And then um, also talking about support systems. I'm glad Abby, you brought that up too. Um, Cause like when we're in the heat of the moment and we're in love, you know, it's hard to see those red flags sometimes, even when they're obvious. And so, you know, leaning on those friends, family members, support systems to actually be there and trusting those having trustworthy support systems is huge. So, but overall again, great, great stuff guys. Um, kind of finish out this portion of questions. Um, this is just kind of a little advice maybe for someone um, who's kind of interested in someone, maybe has a crush on someone, maybe just starting to date. Um, and maybe this is something just um, for men and women too. Um, you can think about it this way in terms of gender, but what would be a suggestion from you guys for them to make the first step? Like how would you like to be approached by someone if they were interested in pursuing a relationship with you? Um, just your thoughts. Again, it could be spiritually, it could be, um, you know, 
as a male or as a female, how you'd like to be approached? Um, just some thoughts to kind of finish this relationship section out. You know, kind of going off the theme that we've already kind of been going off of, my, one of my pieces of advice would just start out by being a friend, be a friend to that person, Get take time to get to know that person. Um, take your time getting to know that person. You don't have to rush into anything super quick. Um, so that's what I kind of found out with Sylvia. Granted, it was seventh or eighth grade, but uh, yeah, just just get to know that person. Um, take your time. Um, you don't have to rush into anything and, and just be yourself, really. Take your time, but but also be, be honest. Um, I feel like if somebody was going to come to me and say, this is what you know, I'm interested in you. I would want them to just be honest about it. And I mean, they don't have to, you don't have to come out and just say that immediately, but be honest, like with what your intentions are and be honest with the other person, be honest with yourself. Just, yeah, don't try to hide and don't, yeah. I lost track of where I was going with that. <laughs> I know it's overstated, but I think, uh, praying about it is really important like asking God for wisdom and is this somebody that I should pursue because I a lot of people date break up that's not the one but it doesn't mean that it was pointless and so but making sure that you're asking uh, God you know what you should do I think being authentic and honest don't play games <laughs> but also um, I think as a woman, as a girl, we like to be pursued. And that's just how I feel like God's really created us. And so don't be afraid to put yourself out there as a guy. I mean, I made Andrew work for it. I mean, he really did. But I tell you what, I was impressed. Like, he really was great. But I mean, I, I tease him now. Like, he used to write me notes all the time and all this sweet stuff when we were friends. Friends, I don't know, whatever. Um, and he doesn't do it as much now. So he really reeled me in and then so you lots of text I'm just messages. kidding. He does, he does. But, but those things are really, I, I think it's just so important to really put yourself out there and let them know how you feel. Um, especially if you really feel like that's a relationship that God wants you to go for, you know, <clears throat> just to not be afraid to, to jump in there. I mean, we're coming from like old school, like we dated so long ago. I'm like, do we even have any advice now? Like, I don't know. All people are like, we met online. I'm like, we were ha we had MySpace in college, so we're like. And our first date was at Applebee's. Yeah, yeah, it really was. I had a giant cheeseburger. For some reason, I feel like that it. feels sad. We went to Applebee's. <laughs> yeah, it was lame. I love Applebee's. So that's all right. Our first, yeah. our first date, our parents went to Sam's Club together. <laughs> And they dropped us off at Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> and I remember Blake gave me a little bracelet, like a little Valentine's bracelet. And we were like in that really awkward stage, of course, you know, we're in eighth grade. And our moms were like in the car with their like toilet paper stacked to the ceiling in the back of the, the van. And they're like, did Blake give you anything? And I was like, nope, <laughs> like, nope, nope, nothing to see here. So I think Applebee's is acceptable no, yeah. to our Texas Roadhouse Sam's Club mixed date. Yeah, um, <laughs> Applebee's is definitely a step up from where we were because we were too young to drive. So um, our moms drove us to get ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <so cute. laughs> At least you guys were alone on your first date. That's true. That's true. We were, yeah. Our moms paid for ice cream. Mm -hmm. Oh, that sounds... with us, so... <laughs> And Michael and I actually have had this conversation uh, before that really there's, 
in, in minister fashion, there's three P's that are just so important, being patient, being picky, and being prayerful. And then when you got those three in alignment, and you're not, you're not, you're not in a desperate situation. I have to date someone because that's where I get my value. You know, um, you're praying all the way through it. That way, when the person is in front of you, something can click, you know, and you can, God can activate that with his Holy Spirit and then, you know, pursue them. And I, I think that <laughs> what Cameron and Abby said in our last question need to rewind it again and watch that again that is just so good when we're we're thinking about is this person going to allow me to reach you know my potential i just that needs to be on loop you know can i grow with this person or am i going to be stuck you know uh, i think that that's great awesome well, a, a great stuff, guys. Um, great way to finish that off. Um, again, I also really like the kind of emphasis on pursuing what you feel like God is calling you to pursue, right? I think today's day and age with, you know, Snapchat and texting, being out the wazoo and everyone being so self-conscious about themselves, it's sometimes hard or you don't want to pursue someone you're interested in. You're like, ah, oh, if it's meant to be, it'll meant to be, right? And it's like, you know what? Um, if you feel like this is someone that God is calling to do, go for it right um don't go to the point maybe andrew did where it was a restraining order you know level but you know <laughs> no but like do pursue right um in, in a godly fashion um and so i think that's a really another cool thing to take away from this conversation so many great things to take away from this and i'm gonna switch it over to to ben here as we kind of finish out our second half of questions here yeah so yeah thank you michael and yeah just to echo what he said uh thus far has been excellent. Uh, thank you guys so much for your sage wisdom um, and the varied wisdom that we've had. I, I mean, we clearly chose you guys on purpose. Uh, we talked about who we wanted and we are very happy with our choices. Um, so thank you guys. Um, so now the first set of questions dealt with a lot of internal affairs, how you guys deal with things as a couple, how, how you guys have molded yourselves to fit the biblical understanding of a marriage or a relationship. And that's great. Um, so now we're going to shift over to more, how do you as a couple deal with the external pressures? How do, how do you deal with secular involvement? And then how do you relate and how can you um, influence those around you as a couple? Um, so first, um, how have you guys worked to keep yourselves a, Maybe, I mean, I, I don't think there's any quintessential Christian couple. Um, everyone is, has a different story, but I mean, there are clearly markers of, of strong Christians and strong couples. And so how have you guys been able to keep yourself kind of pure in that sense of, of we are a, a, a secular couple looking at you, hey, there's something different about this relationship. And hopefully it's something that they want. Um, and then adding on to that, is there anything that you guys feel like hey, I chose Christianity, this is my choice, but also, well, I kind of missed out on this, and, and maybe I don't regret missing out, but what is, are there any things that you guys think of that kind of have made you curious about a, a possibly having a more secular relationship, and, and why did you 
choose then to stay in the, the more Christian centered. One of the things that we've been talking about uh, going through the questions earlier was, you know, this is our parents were just so good. I mean, we, much of what we do naturally as a couple was just ingrained in us since we were little positive things like um, we're going to be generous with our finances, even if we don't. We, we, at first, we didn't make very much money, but we're always given 10% of everything we made away, which, you know, um, you know, with your finances, attending church together on Sundays, sitting side by side, you know, praying uh, together, you know, that they were just things that we had seen and experienced in our families. And um, I feel like those, those pillars have just remained there they're, they're non-negotiables, you know, and um, it's just been really, really great to, to have those there because we're not perfect <laughs> and we make a lot of mistakes. So you got to have those static things that are just there, you know, to make sure we're staying focused because it is extremely difficult to stay focused as we all know, you know, we're all humans. We all make a variety of mistakes. And so it's just, so important uh, especially on those big big hot topic things that most people fight about the most or most divorces happen you know um, there's a reason that there's so much strong biblical teaching on those areas because every human being has struggled with those things since the beginning of time you know so I think for me two really big things one would be um, grace I think sets us sets a Christian couple apart um, is just that example of Jesus showing us grace and doing that with your spouse because it's really hard to um, forgive or admit you're wrong. I mean, everybody kind of struggles with that in different ways um, and not hold grudges and be able to really, that is like one of the keys to a happy marriage is <laughs> <laughs> um, just being able to let things go and move forward. Um, and really show grace. And that's been a learning process for us. I think when we were married early on, it was much harder for us. And I think having kids for us, or for me, I guess, I don't, I can't speak for Andrew on this, but for me, when we had children, that was really a shift for me in being able to show more grace, partly because I didn't have the, the mental energy to be mad because I had to take care of another kid, like a child. So it was like, okay, I, I don't have time for this anymore. Um, I felt like we argued a lot less actually, because we just were busy. Um, but also just that example of a parent-child relationship, you start to understand in a different way. Um, but the other thing we talked about, um, I think that was, is a big deal for keeping God at the center of what we do is serving together. Um, and we haven't always had the opportunity to do that. It's kind of ebbed and flowed different times in our marriage and our relationship. Um, there was a long period of time where I worked at a foster Christian foster care agency and Andrew worked at the church. And I was like, I, we were talking and I, so we were kind of divided, but we actually supported each other still. Like he came to my events that I would put on and I would come to his things. But now this sounds corny, but we have talked about doing ministry together since we were dating. And now me working part-time with CSF, this is the first time it's ever happened. 
So the first day that I went there to Indy and we went to campus together, we were walking to campus and I was like, Andrew, this is the moment. Like 15, or it's been like 17 years, you're talking about this and it's happening. Let's take a selfie. He's like, no. Right in front of Taylor Hall, right in front of all these people. (laughs) But it was a really (sighs) special thing. Something we prayed about and dreamed about for so long finally happening. And it really has, even just in the few months I've been there, it's just another like level of our relationship. We're like, wow, this is so neat. Like it really has bonded us together even more than we didn't think really we had that much more to go, but you, there's always another level. So I think that's also a big part of keeping yourselves connected in that way. So. Yeah, I, um, I agree with Andrew um, where if you have, if you're lucky enough to have kind of an example set for you by your parents or your grandparents or, or any other Christian relationship in your life, um, follow that example. Um, one thing um, that it's kind of cheesy or whatever, but my dad, every week, every weekend at church, when the pastor would pray, he would always put one hand around my mom and one hand around either me or my sister, whoever was sitting next to him. Um, and so I do that. Now I put my arm around Abby every weekend at church, just to, just to like show that we're there together. We're growing in our relationship and spiritually together. Um, cause that's what I always took away from my dad doing that. And I, that's what I want to pass on. But then also, um, a lot of just, you know, they sound like they're the basic things. Like we pray together every night. We, we try to, to read the Bible together occasionally, probably not as much as we should, but we're working on it. Um, we, we talk to each other. We go to, we go to Bible studies together and go to church together every weekend and we always make sure to discuss the the sermons or the lessons that we go through afterward together just to make sure like this is what I took away like little little conversations about what we took away from it so um, I just would say to anyone who's listening and anyone who's wondering like how do I keep a relationship Christ-centered like don't overlook those small basic things because they're the basics for a reason if you're not praying together, if you're not having theological conversations after church sermons together, the rest of it is going to be hard to have. The deeper, stronger Christian relationship is going to be hard to have. Ben, for your second question, um, I I don't really feel like I've missed out on anything. Um, I've definitely, we've avoided a lot of bad things. We've avoided like a lot of conflict, a lot of drama, um, but centering our relationship around Christ, uh, there's no negatives there for me. There's only positives. We will echo a lot of that. We had the same comment that you just had there, Abby. We talked about that. We were like, what do we think we've like missed out on? And I think it kind of goes back to what you guys have been saying with being lucky and blessed enough to have grown up in a Christian household. Um, I guess in my mind, I, that's how I was raised. And so that's kind of how I followed and it didn't ever feel like I was missing out on it because I almost didn't know to feel like I was missing out on it. Um, but again, echo all the the little things. The little things are the foundation, going to church together, praying together. For us, it's looked a little bit different being apart for four years um, and only being together on the weekends or every other weekend. Um, and so that's been a transition. When we were reflecting on this, I said, like, do you remember that one time we did this Bible study? I was in the 
the valley of soccer, to be honest, loved playing in, in college, but it was just mentally exhausting. And I remember um, it was at that point, Blake and I were talking and he was like, we need to do like some sort of anxiety Bible study together. And it was something that I truthfully um, look forward to every night to do that with him and to discuss it with him because it was like, not only did Blake feel like my safe spot, but then we were bringing it back to Jesus and we were just getting to really live out some of those basics that you really look over. And like looking back, when I think of that valley that I was in for soccer, I also think of how awesome it was as a growing opportunity for Blake and I, because now in my mind, he was my person during that, even though um, I always consider him that, but that's like, that's just something that I will always remember is that's what we did to get through that. Um, and so definitely bringing it back to the basics, um, for another example, we, we sat down and we were like, man, we did not, we were eating dinner together. We did not even, we did not pray. And like, we're like, we've got to make sure we're not always the best out. We need to make sure we're establishing those foundational, um, you know, things that are sometimes mindless at times. So that way, one day when we have children, that's what they're used to is that their, their parents sit down and pray together. And that's before we eat. And just some of the, just the little things, I guess, um, is what we discussed when thinking about this question. And I know too, like we have a lot of people in CSF that might be watching this, that their family life was not focused on Jesus. And in premarital counseling, we go through that with couples. We always say, um, are you, when it comes to legacy of faith, are you creating a legacy? Are you sustaining a legacy? Or are you resurrecting a legacy of faith? And I think even in those situations where the Christian life was not modeled, you know, selfishness was number one, even if it was supposed to be a Christian home and it was just a disaster. Um, this is your opportunity, even if you've only been on two dates, to, to practice that legacy, to start that. And then, you know, three generations from now, if Jesus hasn't returned, you know, your great grandkids are looking back and in that one moment, you made that decision to start that legacy and, and get back to these, these basics that are so important. They've been important to Christians now for 2,000 years. It's just a wonderful thing to enter into. Um, so I know all of our stories are, um, you know, one-sided on that. But even if you haven't come from that legacy, this, this is a wonderful time uh, to start that. And um, so I just wanted to add that in there. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for adding that in there, Andrew. That's a, that's a great thing to think about as you start entering those relationships. I know I'm very grateful for, for the model that my parents set for me, and I hope to continue that in my, in my future. Um, yeah, and, and going back to the have you missed out, I'm, I'm certainly glad you guys said something along those lines. I was debating it whether I should or shouldn't put that in there. Um, in my mind and, and what it sounds like in yours that a Christian centered relationship is, is finds joy in, in missing out or, or avoiding those, those, uh, things that feel good or, or maybe nice at the moment, but, uh, certainly don't help to build the relationship. Um, yeah. so 
Did I freeze there? No, you're good. Okay. My just little, your connection is unstable, popped up. All right, perfect. Moving on. <laughs> so um, uh, the next question kind of deals in a similar vein to the um, keeping yourself pure in a relationship. Um, but have you guys ever had a non-Christian couple ask you about your relationship decisions, whether that be like uh, abstaining before marriage or, or not living with each other before marriage or um, kind of your stance on this, this may be for, for Abby and uh, Cameron and more so for Andrew and uh, Samantha, but like the kind of no tolerance of divorce, um, which is an unfortunate thing that happens both in Christian and, and secular marriages, but um, kind of that that biblical stance of, listen, we're gonna make it through this no matter what. Um, uh, so ha have you guys ever had those questions asked by, by anyone outside of the kind of Christian circle and how did you respond? Yeah, so it's, it's kind of crazy. So for us, it's, this question's probably popped up more in the past four or five months now, but so obviously I graduate in May and Sylvia graduated in, in December and our wedding's not till November. And so we get constantly questions, um, even from older people. They're like, you know, are you guys going to live together right after, right after college? And we're like, you know, you were like, no, our wedding's not till November. And they're like, so what are you going to do during that time? And it's, it's just, it's just, it's just an interesting point to try to make, you know, to tell them about our faith. And, and, and it really opens up a door to, to let them know about it, which is, which is cool on our part, but it's like, I would have never have guessed that would have been the case um in these last three to four months so it's just been it's been kind of funny but it's been a good a good point to, to let them know you know you know we don't believe in that um we're gonna wait till marriage and, and all that kind of stuff so it's it's I honestly didn't expect that question at all like I, maybe I'm just oblivious to it but the amount of like he said older people even like what so so what are you gonna do you're like well we're gonna we're gonna move back in with our parents and enjoy that like last home stretch of like living with my siblings and things like that but yeah, so definitely get questions, but like Blake said, great opportunity for us to be like, well, actually, you know, we're going to live apart like we have for the last nine years. And so um, then come November 12th, we'll live together. But, and, you know, sometimes you get like weird faces like what? Yeah. And it's like, no, that's that's our choice, okay. you know, but yeah. that's OK. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, we definitely also got questions about it, not as much from the older generation, because most of the older generation that we know um, are church folks. So, <laughs> uh, But from our younger friends at, at school at IUPUI, we definitely had some uh, questioning. Uh, nothing malicious, just more of a, well, why? Like, what's the point? Um, so I, it was a good opportunity actually to explain to them, even if they they knew about our faith to explain a little bit more about uh, why we made those decisions that we did. Actually, what you guys were talking about with, uh, with like, oh, you're not you're not living together for you know those few months until the wedding. Um, I actually we actually got some kind of similar questions um, when like the initial wave of COVID hit and everyone got sent home from school and she went back to Ohio and I stayed here and um, people were definitely like, well you're going to be a part again I'm like yeah I mean I it's not ideal but we've done it before we know how to work through it and they're like well why don't you just why don't you just move in together now and then you don't have to be a part and I'm like well no well, well you see 
and, I, and then you explain you know why and so yeah definitely a little bit never I've never really gotten anyone like questioning me like in in the sense that I felt like they were telling me I was doing something wrong but I've definitely had people that were curious about certain things definitely makes you stand out that's for sure it's just not the norm Christian non-Christian uh, in 2022 um, it's just how it, it is and I was we were doing a little some of the statistics even that I learned like right out of college in 2004 is when I graduated they're just not even relevant for today because divorce rates have actually gone down and it's because people just aren't getting married you're just moving in together to see if you're compatible. And then if it works out, maybe you get married later on. And so um, I think in a way, it's kind of, um, it can be a positive thing as, as Christians, because we can be a, a really strong um, witness, you know, and like, like you guys are saying, it, it is it's shocking to, to some people. Um, I don't think we got much. We, we really didn't know. I think it's just because we we got married a little over a year and a half out of Bible college, or I don't know, I can't even remember, but maybe a year. Um, so we were, and Andrew was doing campus ministry in Missouri and like living um, right off the campus house. So no one was like, why aren't you moving in with them? <laughs> that was just, yeah, it would have been weird. So yeah, yeah we didn't get questioned. Everybody that. gets the rules. <laughs> And I follow the rules, so that's true. Perfect. So yeah, that's great. I'm I'm glad you guys have been able to a stand firm in what you believe, as well as be comfortable with having those conversations with people. I think that's important because we, it's fun like doing these scent nights, like we talk about how to strictly evangelize, like talk about Jesus to your, your friends and, and talk about your faith. And I think this is kind of an underlooked avenue for that where, where, yeah, Christianity is a personal decision, but I mean, as a couple, Christianity is a community decision too with, with, between you two. So I think it's, it's fun to get that perspective. Um, so kind of moving into a bit more specifics with the relationship decisions. Um, so purity is obviously a big topic, especially among, um, especially among like the current kind of, um, sexual liberation that we see in our culture today, where sex has moved from a genuine relationship and, and intentional act to a transaction, um, of, well, <laughs> of, of enjoyment. I don't know any good way to say that, but um, like I said, it, it's moved to a transaction, just a, a, a personal decision as opposed to a decision that in reality does affect at least two people. Um, and there are far-reaching implications thereof. So how have you guys kept yourselves sexually pure as well as how have you guys, have you ever like had that specific question maybe from someone else as well outside of Christianity? Like, hey, you guys aren't sleeping together before marriage or hey, you guys have only slept with each other. Like, like that seems crazy to me, um, that kind of thing.
Don't all jump in at once. I I think when we're we're thinking about um, th this topic, um, it's just so so important to to know that God wants us to live the best life possible, right? And um, if we really believe that as Christians, um, we're going to be able to step into um, a relationship with someone that is we're completely committed to each other. And, um, and I, I think it kind of goes back to that previous comment, like we're going to be missing out on something, which even in the Psalms, you, you read about some of the psalmists are like, why are the wicked prospering? You know, even, even in their songs, they were singing about it, how they were kind of looking at the world and seeing what, how they were living, you know? Um, but, um, I, I just think that for us, it's just been a, it's been a great, great way to live, live out and be a witness again, you know, kind of goes back to the previous comment. Um, I think this is another big one on why it was important for us to date somebody who is a Christian, because this it is not easy. And I, I don't think anyone would say, oh yeah, purity was no problem for us, you know, before we were married or um, it takes a lot of accountability. It takes a lot of determination and your agreement as a couple and discipline and boundaries. I mean, it's, it's just, a, it's a big deal, especially with how the world is now. Um, even among Christian circles, I think um, waiting to have sex till you're married isn't necessarily the norm. Um, especially when people are engaged, they're like, oh, well, we're getting married anyway. What's the big deal? Um, and so I think for us, when we were dating and when we were engaged, people just assumed they're like, oh, you know, you guys are strong Christians and you'll be fine. And people didn't even ask us how we were doing. Um, and that was that was sad and something I've always thought of since, you know, um, sometimes people are just looking for help and encouragement that way. But also, I think you have to think about that purity, even once you're married, I think just with how prevalent it is in society now um, shows, I mean, I, I'm kind of, there's a lot of shows that like, we won't even watch because we're just like, this is, it's just, it's so everywhere. And so I think even when you're already married, that you still have to be on guard and aware of, that's an ongoing thing to be faithful to your spouse in every aspect, emotionally, mentally, physically, um, so purity doesn't just, it's not like once you get married, you're like, yay, we made it. I mean, you did. And that's, that is an incredible accomplishment. I feel like, um, that you can only make it there by the grace of God in th this day and age. But even once you get to that point, it is an ongoing thing in your marriage forever. And you have to constantly be working at that and being open and honest with each other. And that's just something that you apart too from other other just um the culture i guess because so i think accountability you know we think about like youth group i got an accountability partner they keep me accountable but man i don't know what i would do without people holding me accountable today um and asking me tough questions um it's just essential um i, I we we wouldn't make it and uh we're not that we're not strong enough to make it on our own.
I'd echo just, I think that it's not like, I don't think people in necessarily in like our Christian, our Christian circle um, that we interact with the most, I would echo that it's not really talked about. No one really like wants to, you know, bring that up around you or like you use the word support because um, it's an uncomfortable topic. I mean, you even said like, oh, not everybody at once. It's sometimes an uncomfortable topic. And so um, those those Christians you surround yourself with that share those same values is kind of a shame that we we don't try to uplift and support one another um, more often than what we do because again it is a big accomplishment and it's not the norm um, and so I would say for us it's like in our mind it's made us stronger and it is something that we view as it's like it's we're focused on Blake and Sylvia and Blake and Sylvia that are wanting to be married and um you know have this great foundation and so taking that out of the picture um in a way like kind of makes the waters less cloudy like let's we don't need anything else to funky up the water now we got we've got to set these foundations for marriage and so um I think that it it would be awesome if there was always more support going out um, because it is hard and it's not easy by any means, but I definitely think that I echo everything they said, it makes you stronger. Um, it helps lay some of that foundation. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's something that I think that you constantly commit to every day. Yeah, I think um, putting yourself, putting yourself in a, in a position to be successful in, in keeping that purity is important. Um, like keeping yourself out of situations that could lead you down the wrong path. I mean, not, it sounds, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to do because I mean, you want to be like with the person and you want to, you want to just like have time with them, but like, in all honesty, like don't put yourselves alone in a room and lock the door like there are physical steps you can take to not be in situations that could lead you that way and and it's still going to be it's still going to be difficult um but um prayer and reading reading the bible and talking about it together being honest with each other um it, it all helps all the same things we've talked about for everything else and i think um those boundaries need to be established as soon as possible in a new Christian relationship. Um, you know, if you are comfortable enough to have that before you even begin dating, that's great. If not, it, you know, that's a foundational thing that if, if it happens, you can't really rewind that situation. Um, so it's, you know, it needs to be talked about as soon as possible. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that you're getting married, you're attracted to each other. Of course, that's going to be something that's difficult to wait till you're married. But it's the sin of the entire Bible when people we we're talking about all the instances in the Bible when people make mistakes. It's because they want to go and do it their way. They don't trust God enough to trust his timing. And they completely wreck their lives, you know, by making a poor decision. And sometimes we're thinking, well, why would God want me to wait? You know, well, do you trust God enough that he knows more about life than you do? 
and marriage and fruitfulness? If the answer is no, you know, you need to go back and have some previous conversations. But if we really trust that God knows best, we need to trust him enough to wait. So just to kind of tag off of that, what would your advice be to a Christian couple who didn't wait and are currently in a relationship, either they're trying to figure things out with themselves or maybe the relationship has ended already and they're kind of trying to pick up the pieces where they were, you know, that intimate with someone and then they lost it um, or they're struggling in the middle of that, um, falling into, into difficult situations during their um, current relationship. So what would your advice be to someone? How can they, I don't want to call it a mistake because I don't know where they're at in their relationships, but how can you counsel someone through that, um, yeah, through that situation? I think just remembering that God is a God of redemption and um, second chances. And just because you make a mistake or you go down a path that you wish you hadn't gone down um, doesn't mean he can't use that for his glory. And so, um, I, I mean, we've seen it. We, we worked in youth ministry, we worked in campus ministry. We've seen it over and over and over again. Um, a lot of broken people who've been in a bad relationship or made a decision that they regretted. Um, and they're like, I don't want to do that again. I want to start over. Um, and we've seen just such beautiful stories that were written for them. Um, and it's really neat to see somebody um, realize that their worth and their value isn't defined on the decisions that they've made. And that's really what it comes down to is knowing that that's not, that's not who we are. Um, and so I just think that that's really what people need to remember that, um, and just because we had, you know, just because a couple doesn't have sex before they're married doesn't mean their relationship is better than somebody else's. It doesn't mean that um, they aren't struggling in other ways that, and so I think sometimes taking that stigma out of it too is helpful for someone who's kind of starting over again. It's a brand new day is what I would say. We got a, we got a brand new day today to make different decisions. Mm -hmm. If you're willing to make those decisions, if you really feel like this is the best way to live, if you don't really believe that this is the best way to live, then, you know, we've really got to, like I said, we got to have another conversation, but man, I, I, I hope I am so thankful that God gives us forgiveness because mm -hmm. none of us are 100% accurate on anything unless we're you know been with physics or something like that but uh yeah definitely also along those lines um the way that I was taught about purity and I think a lot of other women specifically in the church have been um is they used the analogy of a dollar bill and you take it and you crumple it up um, and that is the act of sexual contact before marriage. And then you try to smooth it out again. Um, and no matter what you do, that dollar bill will never be completely flat again. Um, and I actually think that is a very harmful analogy um, because we can be made whole again in Christ. And he is the God of forgiveness and redemption. Um, so I would say, um, 
everyone stumbles and makes mistakes. Uh, and that's so true in relationships also. Um, so there is healing for you. Yeah, I would echo what everyone said. We've had this conversation before. Um, I think we even had this conversation with Michael not too long ago, just about not necessarily um, sex before marriage um, alone, but sins in general. Um, we all sin. There's no, there's none of us that are perfect. Um, and so echoing what they said, I think that it's a choice, but it's not, it doesn't have to be your lifestyle and your path um, for the rest of time. So just as you had the choice and you made that choice to have sex before marriage, I also think that you have the choice to turn that around um, and ask for forgiveness. Um, because like they all said, our God is the God of um, forgiveness and redemption. And we don't have to um, you know, worry about those if we give them to God and we choose a different path. Now, I think it's a different situation if we're constantly, oh, sin now, you know, for forgiveness and nope, I'm going to go make the same, the same sin. But I think that you, if you have chosen that, it doesn't have to be, um, that going forward. I think that that right there is a huge reason why we can all find hope in our Lord. And so I would definitely just give that advice. It does not have to be your future if that's not what you want it to be. I'm not sure you can say it better than that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I think one thing I just will highlight quickly here before we close out, it was something that Mrs. Hodges said at the very beginning. Um, and the fact that I feel like a lot of times Christians feel bad about struggling with fleshly desires and they feel like they're better or they should not be struggling or feeling these things because they've got the Lord on their side. And um, I feel like that's just an unrealistic idea that we're not going to struggle. Like we are still human. And yes, even though we have God on our side, which is a huge help, um, we are going to struggle and that's okay. Um, temptation is not a sin itself. It's following through with that temptation. That's the sin. And so I think also don't feel bad if you feel like you're being tempted a lot or you're struggling um, with feelings. Like I think having open forums like this, and we talked about how important community was having discussions, going to people. Um, I think all of us here, most of us here are life group leaders um, or leaders in some capacity on campus, like come to us, talk about it. Don't feel bad and don't go through it alone. I think a lot of times Christians in a lot of situations feel like if they're struggling with something worldly, they can't admit it, right? And it's like shining a light on that and bringing your community into it is so incredibly helpful. So don't go through it alone. Um, and I just kind of wanted to highlight that before we closed out. But um, yeah, thanks again, guys, for amazing input and a, a great, great night. Yeah, absolutely. Just to echo that last thing that Michael said, if, if you are dealing with something, I mean, it doesn't have to be sexual purity, but anything in general, like reach out to any of us. <laughs> we're, we're here for you. We're a Christian community for a reason. Um, and I mean, it is great that Andrew pulled his wife along into the, or she joined, I don't want any more restraining orders. Um, but that, <laughs> his wife came on, like, I mean, there's both male and female head leadership with whomever, so whomever you're most comfortable with, or 
um, Cameron and Abby, if you guys are a newly married couple and you want to talk to another newly married couple, I'm sure that they would be willing to sit down and say like, hey, yeah, uh, some things suck for a while, but also like some things are awesome and great and um, just walk through whatever it may be that they're struggling with. So yeah, just uh, just yeah, echoing what Michael said, we're, we're a Christian community for a reason. Um, perfect. Well, thank you guys so much for being here, Morris Hodges and, and, and Blake and Sylvia. So uh, we're super appreciative of your guys taking time out of your day to speak with us. Um, so we're going to, like Michael said, go ahead and close. Um, I'm going to pray us out and then we'll be, we'll be good to end. So God, I just uh, thank you so much that you've provided this CSF with such strong Christians, both strong Christian leaders in the Hodges, as well as students um, with Abby, Cameron, Blake, Sylvia, and, and Michael. Um, just that we are able to have these discussions openly and honestly. Uh, I pray that this conversation has helped many people as they listen to it. And um, yeah, uh, thank you guys again and, and amen. <laughs>